And because, as Tucker shared at the very beginning of our service, because we are one body and many members, we have a whole lot of different activities and a wide range of different activities that everyone can be a part of. And so we have a Young at Heart group that's meeting this Thursday night and a sponsoring, hosting all the area uh, for Young at Heart members as well, whatever they might call them. We have our trunk or treat that we're planning on. We have small groups that are meeting throughout this weekend. There is a lot of activity that's associated with our church and with our West Irwin family. And the reason that we have all of that is because, like those colors and all of these kids that were up here and all of us, we're one body but many members. And that means that we're different. And so we try to offer things that will help and do the things that need to be done, that things that we can take part in, and things perhaps, hopefully, that will reach other people. One of the questions underneath a lot of the tension we see in our society today is this. Is there a place for me anywhere? Is there a place for me anywhere? Other questions that are very similar. Where do I fit in? Do I belong? Do I belong? When people come to this church, when you invite them, when they come here for trunk or treat, or they come here for a young at heart dinner, or for our Bible class, or any other activity, one of the questions they're asking is, where do I fit in here? Is this a church that I can feel like I'm a part of because there's a place for me? Can I belong here? Do I belong here? Do you remember the last time that you heard the N word? I don't have to tell you what that racist term is. We all know. Do you remember the last time you heard it? Spoken out loud? Spoken in public? I remember mine. It was several years ago, Joyce and I had moved to North Carolina. We hadn't been there for very long, so sometime after 2005. And uh, we, I went into a McDonald's uh, during the day. And by the way, this, it was the same McDonald's, which was the only McDonald's I think Joyce and I ever went in where we smelled smoke. <laughs> and not because something was burning in the kitchen, it was cigarette smoke. Only McDonald's I've ever been in that had a smoking section in the McDonald's. But hey, it was North Carolina. It was 2005. Now, I can tell you that not long after that, they clamped down hard on that. And they were one of the first, I think, to uh, tell all restaurants no smoking anywhere unless you had that proper ventilation. But that's another sermon for another day. But I remember I walked into that McDonald's and I made my order, placed my order and everything, and there was a uh, young black teenager that was uh, there by the counter. He was an employee, and he was, um, he was mopping up a spill. Something had spilled, and, and so he was there mopping it up. And the man that uh, went out ahead of me, we were getting ready to leave, and there was a man that went out ahead of me that was obviously annoyed by that. Maybe he didn't like the fact that he was doing that. Maybe Maybe he didn't like that young man. Maybe he didn't like blacks, period. But after we got out of the restaurant and we're walking towards our 
our cars, he called that man the N-word. And I was, I, I was just shocked. I hope if you hear that word, you're shocked. Vinnie Capetta, in a sermon titled, Breaking Down Racial Walls, starts out with this personal memory. He says, I told my neighbor that I was Italian and Puerto Rican. She said, the Italian side is the good side. Racism and discrimination can be found in all races. That wonderful communion meditation that Danny shared, it can be found based on where you live. It can be found based on what you have or don't have. Discrimination comes in all sizes, in all colors, in all backgrounds, in all bank accounts. After he mentions that quote, Capetta then asks this question, how can we break down racial walls? I certainly don't have the answer to that question, and I want to say from the outset that this sermon is not even going to attempt to solve the difficulties we have in our communities and in our nation today regarding race. I do believe, however, that if we Christians were truly the salt of the earth and the light of the world and were truly devoted to prayer, that that would certainly help. I don't remember exactly what I said um, to the man in the McDonald's that day. I was pretty shocked, as I said, but I know I said something. I think it was something like, there's no call for that. Or, you don't need to say that. Or, well, I know it wasn't this, but this is how I felt. Well into the 21st century in America, are there still people that are doing that? And the answer is yes. Yes. I don't always say something when I should, but I did that day. He just kept walking and got in his car, slammed the door, and drove off. Our society certainly has a big problem with this still. As our shepherd Galen Siegler led us in our shepherd's prayer today, one of the things he prayed is that our civil leaders would remember the, the, the uh, background of this nation goes back to uh, those Judeo-Christian values and principles. And one of the things that we go by is that with liberty and justice for all. And that is strictly a Christian concept. Not every community has ever believed that. But that's what Jesus taught and that's what the church accepted and tried to live out. And so that's included in some of the most important statements of our history in this country. But like many of the issues I've preached on lately with the sermon today, I, I want to focus on how we in the church struggle with this, this issue of racial prejudice and discrimination. And I want us to take a look at what was said about that in the first century because they struggled with it too. You see, those who visit our worship services and activities ask 
these same questions that we've mentioned. Is there a place for me here? Can I fit in here in your church? Do I belong here in your classes, in your groups, and on your pew? And I bet to a one of us, if we were asked out loud those questions, we would say, absolutely, yes, of course. But do your actions carry that same message? Do you reach out to people that are different from you? Whether they look different or they dress different or they talk different or you just know they're different. Do you reach out to them to make sure that they do feel included? That they do feel like there's a place for them here? That they do feel like they belong here and you're glad that they're here? We all want that and the people that we try to reach... And that reach out to us, they are asking those questions today. Christians in the first few decades of the church's existence face these same issues. Our problems in this country go back several hundred years, which seems like a long time. Jewish and Gentile Christians in the first century becoming members of the same churches, congregations just like this. Well, that was a conflict that went back at least 2,000 years to the time of Abraham and the institution of circumcision. They had been enemies all that time. Much of the New Testament, in fact, addresses that very issue and related issues and how Christians responded when people from diverse cultures and histories, some who had been mortal enemies for centuries, what happens when they come together and they form one body, the church? That history, that heritage, those feelings, they didn't all just vanish magically. But they struggled with it. And many of our New Testament passages are written to express that exact thing. And that's what we find in Ephesians chapters 2 and 3. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul speaks to with much of Ephesians. But certainly these two chapters... His message is addressed to a church much like ours, in a community much like ours, with problems exactly like ours. We come from lots of different backgrounds and races, but we belong together because of two things that we have in common. We are all sinners, and we are all saved the same way, through the Savior Jesus Christ. Those two things are true of every single one of us that are saved by the blood of Christ. And that makes us all, whatever our diverse backgrounds, whatever our diverse history and heritage, that makes us all members of one body, the church. We all belong. Reflecting on those things. First of all, we are all sinners. We are all sinners. These words from Ephesians chapter 2 beginning in verse 11. 
Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles, not Jews, by birth, and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, the Jews, which is done in the body by human hands, remember, verse 12, that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Much like in Romans 9 through 11, Paul uses that uh, illustration of those who are near and those who are far away. And he speaks specifically about those who are near, meaning the Jews. They had been the people of God since 2000 B.C., (laughs) since God called Abraham and made all of those wonderful promises to him including, I will make of you a great nation, and he did. But that nation was not without its faults, and that people was not without their sins, and they had trouble from then on. But when you talk about the Jews, you say the same thing about the Jews as you do the non-Jews, the pagans, the Gentiles, and that is that they're sinners, Those who are far away, those who are near, the uncircumcised, the circumcised, the Gentiles, the Jews, we're all in the same boat on this one. There's not a single one of us that's righteous on our own. But Paul wants his Gentile Christian friends there in Ephesus to remember that even though before the time of Christ they were excluded from the people of God unless they became a part of the Jewish nation, Now they have been brought near, but not because they became Jews, not because they changed their heritage or their history or anything like that. They became a part of the people of God because of Jesus Christ, the same way that the Jews had, who had accepted Christ. We are all sinners. In chapter 2, the first three verses, we saw that just last week. We were dead in our sins. Without hope, without God, without salvation, without any chance, really, until God acted. And He saved us. It is by grace you have been saved through the response of faith. And you can't even boast in that. That, too, is God's gift to us. We are all Sinners, Paul makes such an important point of that in the first three chapters of Romans. In chapter 1, it's the non-Jews. In chapter 2, it's the Jews. In chapter 3, that great verse in verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. And all are justified in the same way, just as we're all sinners. Those who are justified are all justified the exact same way, by faith. Whatever else your background is, whatever else your current situation is, whatever you look like, (laughs) justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And so we are all sinners, and secondly, we are all saved the same way, through the blood of Christ. The words continue in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. For He, Christ, He Himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. And it's interesting that He says the two groups one, Jew and Gentile is what He's talking about, 
who's not in one of those two groups? <laughs> you're either a Jew or you're not a Jew. So basically, that's everybody. Verse 14, he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, or we could say out of them all, thus making peace. And in one body, verse 16, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, the non-Jew, and peace to those who were near, the Jew. For through him, Christ, we both, we all, have access to the Father by one Spirit. This is the work of God. We are all sinners, and we are all saved the same way through the blood of Christ. There's not a single one of us that is saved by any other way today. Jesus himself said, no one comes to the Father but through me. I am the way. The great passage in Romans 8 that Galen read from this morning during the shepherd's prayer time affirms that and tells us we are more than conquerors, but it is only through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul says to the Roman Christians that he had apparently never been there before, and when he goes there, he's under arrest, (laughs) but he tells them, hey, I can't wait to get there and preach the gospel, and I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel anywhere to anybody at any time, for in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of God is demonstrated and revealed and communicated. So that even though we have sins, we can receive the righteousness of God that comes by faith. And that's available for everyone of every stripe because we are all sinners. And we are all saved the exact same way. Through the blood of Christ. Most of us could probably quote John 3.16. For God so loved the world that for God so loved the people that looked just like me. For God so loved the people that come from where I come from. For God so loved the people that speak English. For God so loved the people that are from the city or from the country. For God so loved the people that dress like I do. We understand that. It's hard to even say it that way. For God so loved what? The world. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever in the world would believe in him would not die. Even though that's what our sins deserve. The wages of sin is death. But all who would believe in him. All who would accept him. By faith, would not die but have everlasting life. We are all sinners. We are all saved the same way through the blood of Christ. And so, thirdly, we can all say, I belong. We can all say that. No one is excluded. Why? Because everyone has sinned and because everyone is saved the same way through the blood of Christ. 
And that means every single one of us belong. We belong here. We belong with this group of sinners. (laughs) I don't want to be a part of that church because they're a bunch of sinners. Right. Exactly. And that's why we're here. Because we're all a bunch of sinners. Not because of what we have, not because of what we look like, not because of what our history is, but because we are sinners. And we're all saved the same way. We're all in that same boat. And so these words in Ephesians chapter 2, continuing in verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Now he's looking at a different image. Now we're going from being members of that one body to, to being a part of that same building. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. No one else, only Christ. Verse 21 of chapter 2, in him, Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And, to him, and in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. He tells this church that had a lot of problems and a lot of division. And a lot of it had to do with race and history and background. And what does he tell them? He tells them in Christ you are being built together. Built together. Not separately, not individually. You're being built together. To become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. And so chapter 3 verse 6. This mystery that he's been talking about is that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Members together of one body. And sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. And then skipping down to chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. His intent was that now through what? Through the church. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. According to His eternal purpose that He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. This mystery, which means something that has been hidden and is now, really, uh, now revealed. And it is revealed to everyone in heaven and on earth. What is that mystery? The mystery is simply this. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, and whatever other color or shade there might be. Joyce will tell you that I don't do colors very well, especially colors, you know, I can tell the difference between dark and light, and when you get into specifics, I'm a little questionable. So if you notice me wearing a brown sock and a black sock some Sunday, do not be surprised. It could happen. I just hope my shoes match. (laughs) Because one time I went to church on Wednesday night and was teaching a young adult Bible class and had two different shoes on. But one was right and one was left, so I thought I was fine. (laughs) You've heard me say before, I believe that God is tone deaf and colorblind. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in His sight. And here's something else, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white. 
precious in his sight. We can all say, I belong, because we are all sinners, and we are all saved the same way. And so, yes, there is a place for you here, among the other sinners. Yes, you can fit in here, among all the rest of us who have been saved and forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, you can belong here. And we want you to. Toward the end of the sermon I quoted from earlier is this story. A first grader went on her first day to a newly integrated school at the height of the segregation storm. An anxious mother met her at the door to inquire, how did everything go, honey? Oh, mother, you know what? A little black girl sat next to me. In fear and trepidation, the mother expected trauma, but tried to ask calmly, and what happened? We were both so scared that we held hands all day. And that's what we need to do. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to all join hands. And whatever our diverse backgrounds and history and heritage, we need to remind each other that we belong together. We need to acknowledge that we are ultimately no different, not a single one of us. Because we share a common love. We have a common gift to the Savior. We have a common bond that holds us to the Lord. We have a common strength when we're weary. We share a common hope for tomorrow. And we have a common joy in the truth of God's (coughs) Word. We need to acknowledge that we are ultimately no different, not a single one of us because we are all sinners and because we are all saved the same way by the blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Son of God Himself. And the good news of this gospel is that because of those things, each of us is a member of the one body, the church. Each of us can say, I belong. If we can help you feel that belonging, with the church of Jesus Christ, with this church, please come as we stand and sing this song together.